Hello, and welcome to the Shingo Principles Podcast, the podcast for those interested in building a culture of continuous improvement and sustainable organizational excellence. I'm your host, Mary Price, with the Shingo Institute, a program in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. The Shingo Principles Podcast is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with thought leaders and practitioners around the world experienced in transforming cultures using principles, systems, and tools. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. In this episode of the Shingo Principles Podcast, we hear from Cheryl Jaquil, Shingo Faculty Fellow and Chief Executive Officer of the Lean Leadership Center, as she shares strategies to engage your teams by connecting them to the organization's mission, vision, and strategies. This podcast will share ways to optimize communication methods to engage everyone on the team, verify that team members have clarity on the mission, vision, and strategies, and monitor and measure the benefits of increasing time and attention on a well-coordinated effort. Today, I'm going to be talking about uh, how we can connect every single team member to our bigger picture. And as Shingo organizations, as I'm sure many of you on this call are, um, I think this is a topic that's near and dear to us in terms of uh, be our culture being really important, having um, both the skills and the just general culture that creates uh, the type of organization we're looking for. The problem with this can be is it's a big, it's a big uh, challenge as to how do we actually really connect every team member to that bigger picture. Uh, here's just a brief outline of our agenda. We're going to be going through a number of things, but we're going to start with just the problem we're trying to solve. So first of all, what is the big picture? Just in general terms, we're talking about your organization's mission, your vision, your values, and certainly the strategies, whether it be a one-year strategy, a five-year strategy, or a 10-year strategy. But in general, it's those types of things that are your bigger picture that you're trying to make sure every single person in the organization has an actual connection to it, not just knows it, but connects to it. So what is often true today when it comes to how well they're connected? What I have found is there's a couple of problems. We're going to go through just four today that just gives an idea of what actually is the issue here. First one I call strategy stuckness. Um, what often happens is a senior team, maybe a group of some kind, has put together the strategy. And it's put together oftentimes at a senior level. And so then the idea is we're going to put this together and then we're going to go tell everyone what it is. The problem is it's still, in terms of connecting to it, gets stuck in the people that put it together. Everyone else, um, a lot of times, especially the farther um, into the organization you get, they have less and less connection to what was talked about, why it mattered, why, why these uh, strategies, much less how to, what does it mean to me? The other thing that often happens is we tell people the strategy. So we have town halls and we have PowerPoints and we have videos, but it's all, what do we tell them? Problem is we don't have any idea what they get out of what we tell them. We also find in a day-to-day -day basis, people are just busy working. They're not necessarily thinking about the big picture. They're just focused on what they're doing, not necessarily on um, how they're connecting to that. The other thing we find is even when we have the town halls or group conversations, it's hard to get everybody's attention. How do we really get people to stop what they're doing and make that personal connection? 
So before we get on to what to do about all this, I like to always think about, given our continuous improvement uh, way of thinking, what might be the root causes as to some of that? Why is this an issue? So in general, I think when it comes to the big picture, people can't see it. There's actually a barrier to how it is for one person from wherever they are to see that bigger picture. One way I think about this, it's as if they're standing in the forest and they can't see the forest through those trees. The other point I'd make, which I couldn't overstate enough, communication, especially in this way, a meaningful communication where they get the information and connect to it and it has meaning to them is hard, really hard. I would say this is a gigantic communication challenge. So what's the opportunity? Opportunity here. So if that's the problem, why would we decide to go ahead and make changes to see if we can create a more meaningful connection? Well, one way I want to be looking at this today and maybe get you to think about it in some new ways is how can we leverage getting clarity on the big picture with increasing employee engagement? Engagement generally meaning people having what we call an intrinsic motivation, an internal connection to their work. Not just like, I like what you pay me, or I think the space I work in is okay. I mean, having a strong internal connection to the work they do. So that um, there is a big uh, connection here, and we're gonna explore that today. So how does clarity and the big picture increase engagement? Well, before we to think about that, I wanna cover what are some five most common elements of engagement? I've actually studied engagement at a great level. I've read every book, every article, every, paper I can ever find on this topic. And what I found is many of them are similar, just not the same. So there really isn't one accepted model of engagement. What I did find in reviewing the literature is there were five common themes. And the number one of those was having people feel connected to the bigger picture. It almost makes common sense. If we have this organization, whether you have 100 people or 5,000 people or 25,000 people, it's important that everybody understand their role in your organization in achieving that mission and um, bringing through this strategies. Today, we're only going to be talking about this top one. The other ones are ones I've seen that, you know, we, we could talk about those another day. I just wanted to make the point here that uh, this is a big component of engagement. So, how do we connect your team to the bigger picture? How do we do that? So what I have here today is a winning formula, I call it. It's everything that, that I've seen over the time I've worked in this area that when all added together, so as a formula, it's not this or that, it's how they all work together to create that connection. The first one is ensure the communication is truly two-way. And that's not the same as a Q&A at the very end. This means that um, there is a meaningful dialogue and exchange. And again, not just one time, not just during the initial rollout of the mission and vision, or not just during the initial rollout of the values. What we need is meaningful, regular two-way communication around these important topics and, getting a, and helping people through the two-way communication make a more uh, stronger connection to it. Um, again, it wouldn't be surprising to any of us. One-way communication is just what it sounds like. I get told something, but I don't engage with it because I'm not responding to it. So we want to be thinking about what would those approaches be? Now, in general, a good example of that is agendas that allow for small group discussion. It's one of the easiest ones I found to do. That's, again, different than a Q&A section. 
a session, we want to find how can we have small groups talking uh, things through. And again, on a regular basis, I've seen some of these models sometimes as a one time. How can we create regular times for small groups to discuss these? Um, in general, a couple key pointers on this are we need to be doing a lot more listening and less telling. So you might be saying when we roll something out or we wanted to have a discussion around something, how can we have a little bit of information and do a whole lot more listening to what people get out of that information? Small group discussions by their nature do engage. And one of the things I found, if you find that you have a conversation and there's no questions, it doesn't, or a presentation and there's no questions, that doesn't mean there aren't any questions. It means you need to consider better strategies of how to get them. And I'll share an example with you shortly. The second strategy in our winning formula is to confirm the message is the same. And I always think of this like the telephone game. I'm sure many of you uh, with us today have had the experience when we play the game, like we're gonna start with the message on one end and then we play the telephone game. And so they repeat the message to the next person until you get to the end of the line. And the message at the end is nothing like what it started with because as it transferred through, it continued to change. I don't know, I've never seen that game played and it doesn't work that way. So the challenge here is to ensure the right message comes through. So whatever the intention is here that we need to come up with a method to work against that telephone game uh, dynamic. Here are just a couple of things to think about there. So we wanna make sure there is by the nature of the communication plan, it is designed to make sure that it doesn't change as it goes through, whether those are videos, um, maybe the same speakers, whatever you're going to do to try and ensure some consistency. I have found uh, now that virtual communication is more the norm instead of the exception, that has made it easier because through virtual communication, we can more easily have a consistent um, set of speakers delivering the message. The third strategy in the winning formula um, is to make sure we include everyone. So a lot of times what happens is there probably is a cascading plan, but it really isn't the same. It's like, well, we'll make sure these people are involved and these people connect and somehow later on, we'll just make sure they're aware of it. And what we wanna talk about today, that makes a huge opportunity law. That's a missed opportunity to have engaged all those people much more um, meaningfully to whatever the key mission, vision, values, again, and strategies are of your organization. So you really wanna think through how can, no matter how big your organization is or small, that each and every individual has that connection. The fourth part of the winning formula is to verify clarity and connection. Like all things we think about in continuous improvement, if we went to work in making product, we'd wanna verify. We always wanna follow up and make sure that what we think is happening is happening. This is just as true in this area. We wanna make sure that we have a way that we verify that clarity, that message, and that people have a meaningful connection to it. So how might we do that? First of all, one point I'd make is that you just really want to make sure we're asking and ask some more. You can't really spend too much time asking what are people understanding? What connections are they having? You can have targeted types of surveys. and We really want to make sure we're doing that throughout the organization. Going back to the last part where we want to involve everyone, we want to make that true, just as true with how we verify. The fifth strategy um, to, to help make this happen. And part of our formula is to connect to people's personal mission and um, vision. 
So you might think to yourself, I don't, we don't normally think of it that way. We think of companies having that, but not people having that. But I like to think of this as how there, obviously all of us have a why in our lives. So how can we tell what our why is? It's how we spend our time. It's what we care about. The hobbies, our families, uh, going to church, whatever those things are, is our why, because that's what we invest our time and energy into. And we can tell that immediately when you're talking to people about what's important to them, you're going to be right at the heart of what they care about. What we have an opportunity here is how do you connect that why of people's lives to the why of your organization? And again, I'm going to give an example of how to do just that. But this is an important way. If you want to bring them to the meaning of the work, connect to the meaning of their lives. And the sixth part of our formula is to optimize all opportunities. I mentioned earlier, while we sometimes put this energy into a a particular rollout and we'll have a big communication plan as to how to handle a massive rollout. We really have many opportunities on a, maybe at least a month to month or quarter to quarter basis to create opportunities to increase people's connection to the bigger picture. Um, and, there, and there's many, many ways and also realizing there's not just one way to do it. There's many ways to do it. And maybe what worked in one situation may not work in another. So try other things. But what we want to think about is anytime you're in any major communication activity, try and find ways to integrate the mission, the vision, and the values and um, into whatever, let's say, strategy discussions. It could be a meeting on anything and find how can we continue to create those two-way dialogues that um, help people stay connected. So I'm going to go through now a couple of examples. One is, I, um, this came about actually from COVID, and uh, when we had organizations that were used to having, let's say, tra uh, traveling groups go out and spread, let's say, the word on a given strategy. And in this particular rollout of a major uh, strategy, it was a one in a three year that was a new vision, we did a Zoom uh, round robin where we put people into small groups. So we started with, let's say, a group of 30, and they heard the strategy, let's say five or 10 minutes. We then had eight senior leaders put into groups of two. We split the bigger group up into four groups and they had small group discussions with the senior leaders. And what we found is they certainly did have a number of questions and comments about what had been discussed. We divided the senior leaders in um, similar functions um, like finance and HR to were together and service and, and operations, that, that type of thing. At the end of it, there was this most almost profound realization that in one hour, those senior leaders had talked to people on multiple continents. Um, they had been able to have a meaningful dialogue and everybody said they found it easier to speak up in a much smaller group. Now that same dynamic could be carried out to a larger group on that same format. But what we then found is that same group if you thought of what it took to get on airplanes and travel around and instead put it into this more virtual approach, we got a lot of ground covered and a lot of meaningful discussion by working virtually rather than spending the time, um, let's say doing town halls in various locations. Our second example um, was uh, when we had a group that was wanting to connect to the uh, purpose. This was the why to the why. And the first part of our sessions had people, first of all, getting in touch with their own whys. 
while they have one, they don't often maybe think about what's really important to me. What are my values? What do I care about in life the most? We then had a session where they talked about what was the mission of the company? What was the why they exist? Why do we do what we do? What makes our work important? And then they connected those two things. And they happened to be working in an, in an organization that has a really important why. Um, there might be the day-to-day -day service, but the reason why the business existed was really important. And by helping them make those connections between the two, they walked away from it like, I have a much clearer reason why I work here. Why is what I care about coming through in the work I do every day? And the power of that is almost indescribable. The third example is how do we involve everyone in the values discussion? And this is probably not new to a number of you. And it's kind of a, a longstanding challenge is how do we get everyone connected in the values? In this example, we had an organization that had had well-established values done many years back. Not surprisingly, they had been developed by the uh, leadership team at the time, and they had said, these are the values we aspire to. Over the years, uh, many individuals, um, and by the way, these happen to be Shingo-related values, so they were very important. Um, what we found is it wasn't that they weren't, if you just listen to the words, good values. It's just that no one had a very clear sense of like, what does it mean to me? So what we did in this, actually it was a Shingo organization, what I call a Shingo organization, was um, we had them work on these values and really have small group discussions. And then they wrote up on the walls. And if you're using Zoom, you don't have to write on the wall. You can all write on, on sheets. Uh, like we might use a Google Sheets environment, we're all typing on one wall at one time in the same document. But basically they, they took notes and documented what that value meant to them in their work. So they wrote out very specific examples of what that value would mean to them. And through the discussions and the ongoing work um, using their real-time examples, it helped um, really change the people's sense of what does this value mean to me? So it's not whether the value is good or bad, it's whether they have any real meat, does it hold meaning to them when they go to make that next decision or make a choice or take an action, is that value carrying through to what the choices and the way they're working. And they actually all really enjoyed that process, they enjoyed talking about it, and it really shifted how they saw those values over time. They weren't just things on the walls, they were like, it means something to me now. So. One of the things I find really interesting about this is what's really the benefit of it? I mentioned earlier about this topic of engagement. So how would we measure the benefit of this if it increases engagement? What I often find in the topic of uh, engagement, as I said, I think people know what it is, but they're not really sure what it does for you. And in the varied uh, areas, I could talk for a whole other session on what's known about in the research about the benefits of engagement. I'm gonna give you a few highlights here. So one, what I would say, it pays and pays and pays. I think this is one of the most un underestimated benefit uh, is that people aren't really clear of how broad the um, engagement actually really benefits an organization. So it basically improves all your results. Um, the better people are connected to the work and have, a, I mean, have that sense of meaning, the better your results are across the board. Certainly would see things like better productivity, better quality, better delivery, no matter what type of organization. If it's a hospital setting, you're gonna see, again, 
everything else is going to increase in terms of your general where you what your critical um, your KPIs are or even your KBIs, you're going to see that they're going to improve. Basically, people with a purpose, they do better and they stay longer. Really, every HR metric or people-based metric improves with greater engagement. Even, and not least importantly, shareholder value and profitability. Um, again, there's many studies that document this, and I find them um, really interesting in understanding why this is such an essential piece in, um, in our organizations to pursue. So what are the ways we're going to measure and monitor engagement through this process of connecting people to the bigger picture? A few options are generally going to be related to various kinds of surveys. It's not just the survey itself. Really, many of these types of surveys will have a component that is targeted right at this topic as to how well people are making this connection. So whether it drives the general overall level, it certainly drives this component, which then in the end drives that. But you can actually monitor this fairly effectively. And most organizations, when I look at these ratings, they're never great. They're okay, but they're not usually high. The good news about that is it's an opportunity that's just there for the taking. So how do we figure out how much? The other thing I find in a lot of shingle organizations, they're slow to wanna to talk about how much, like why would the actual financial benefit matter? Here's what I think is important about that topic. So it's a matter of what we're investing in it. So how much time, energy, resource do we put into something based upon what it gets? So one way I think about this, if we know that improving the connection to the bigger picture drives engagement and engagement drives all those types of financial benefits, then just considering 1% starts to make it into a more specific number. So what would 1% of improved productivity equal? What is 1% of improved quality? Now that could be 1% uh, lower scrap, that could be less returns, but kind of turning this into a way that we can, we actually come up with numbers. Uh, let's say we have improved turnover because, you know, it just stands to figure if people have a greater sense of purpose and connection, they're going to be more likely to stay in their jobs. If 1% improvement in there, what would that equate to? And certainly not the least of all is if we had 1% improved profitability, what would that equal? And by turning those into any kind of a number, even like what I would just call an estimate, like we do in a number of aspects of business, we start to realize, am I spending the time, energy, and attention on this that it deserves given it's a major driver of engagement? So just to recap, um, the formula involves having ensuring two-way communication. We want to confirm that message stays clear. We want to include everyone. And so you really want to make sure who are we missing and making sure that the robustness of the process includes everyone. Uh, we want to ver verify everyone is clear and connected. So it's not just clear, but clearly connected. And we want to make sure that we can find ways to connect to people's wise, to connect uh, the organization wise to the people wise. And the last component was making sure that we optimize these wherever possible. So what I find if for um, when you put your time and attention, and again, it's like all things, you don't just do a few things and it gets better, but the more we invest our energy and um, commitment to helping make sure every single team member has that connection, 
we're going to see that that's what helps that te your teams fly in what I call formation. I always find myself staring at the sky, looking at the birds going, if only we could all get into that kind of formation, that's that rhythm of everybody's moving together instead of lost in their own uh, uh, individual uh, pieces of work. And you have everything to gain by getting this right. I always think, I mean, again, I believe the payoff from this, and it's not just about money, it's really just about um, having a more motivated and highly um, engaged workforce um, is beneficial from just having a better, um, better place to work. And last, uh, I would say this is the opportunity to help everybody step back at some point and see the forest. In fact, it's just, it's really mostly natural to be in the trees and not step back and see the forest. So it's creating those opportunities that everybody steps back. One of the questions I often get is how to do those, how do we effectively do those surveys to get at this? You could use a fairly targeted survey process where you're really monitoring this. So if you, if you put more, took some different types of communication approaches, you could um, get a better sense of pretty clearly how well it's impacting um, people's sense of that connection. All right, great. Thank you so much, Cheryl. We do have a few questions. Uh, the first one comes through from Robert, and he asks, how should a CI engineer or anyone further down in the hierarchy approach leadership on this topic when they may not be aware of it? Yes, um, good question. And um, in fact, that's a great question. Uh, one option is to approach them, but I think you know, even I could tell by the way I approach this, you'd think it would have had to start there. You can even in your, in wherever you are, whatever your scope of work is, figure out how you can take what is known. So oftentimes this information is out there. There are values, there are, there is a mission, there certainly is a strategy, and you can work with your immediate group to have those same conversations. It doesn't, you don't have to wait for it to be the way we're all going to do something. You can invest your time and energy this and help increase engagement in the next, and if you're with 20 people or 50 people inside of a plant or a department, you can work on this no matter where you are. That's a great point. I'm glad you asked that question. Great question. Thank you. Our next question comes through from Kristen. Uh, she asks, how do we balance engagement and leadership? It seems that there's a spectrum between total engagement and strict leadership. What does the balance look like? Um, I, it may be, I think what you're thinking may be that there's a sense to get great results. We need to be about, um, if strictness means discipline and not as focused on how people feel about things compared to whether they feel engaged. I think a lot of times what I'm finding is people who are wanting those same results who see discipline and maybe strictness as a way to get them aren't clear how engaging people will not only get them the results they're getting today, but a whole lot more. So I would say the balance is probably trying to find that business case in engagement and make it more clear it is the path to get those results, to get that product out the door or things done, things done on time. It absolutely does drive results. So I think a lot of times they're just not clear about that very much. Thank you. So our next question comes from Hector and he asks, how do you approach people when you have teams that are reluctant to change? Approaching, so again, I would think of that in a couple of ways. Um, if, if it's in the discussion. So as I said, sometimes people have said, well, we've told them and they don't have any questions. They don't say anything or they might be, um, what you're saying is maybe resistant. 
I would think of it maybe in using strategies where you might ask questions, get them talking, get them relating. One thing we know about change and helping people evolve through it, it's actually in the dialogue. It's in the, if I ask you, how do you feel about it? And we listen and we really, we don't try and convince them. Uh, I'm definitely a believer that telling them what, why this is good for them. You know, it's gonna be so great if you do this, it's gonna make your life so much better. I don't think that really helps people move towards you. I think it's really, remember I said earlier, try more, less talking and a whole lot more listening and then let people know what you hear. And I think that very practice by itself helps those people um, evolve in the evolution of change. People really change in their own way, in their own time um, and at their own pace. So there's no quick, fast way, but listening and dialogue is a key component to evolving it over time. Is there any specific guidance for newly formed teams or companies? Um, I think from the very beginning is to make this really participative. I was just talking to a group yesterday. They're a startup and they're coming through. And they were talking about how the initial group that was doing the startup had kind of uh, concocted those values and the mission and vision. And they felt it was really important they tell everybody this from the beginning. And I'd say from the very beginning, think of it as an ongoing conversation. And the, the goal is to connect them and not to tell them. Um, so I'd say from the very beginning, uh, have those two-way dialogues, give them a chance Again, give them questions and, tell, and have them tell you back, what do, they, what do they think? What do they hear? What do they think that value means? What does that mission mean to them? And give them the time to explore that with you and spend less time just telling them what, what you believe they need to know. It's not what they need to know, it's how they feel connected to it. Okay, and our last question for the day is, could you please explain the differences between engagement and organizational climate? Um, I think if what you mean by climate is the culture, um, if that's what you're meaning, engagement really is the degree to which people have an internal motivation to do their work. So it's, uh, and it's the measurement um, and being able to measure it tells us to the degree they're making that and that have that internal link to them. Um, that's why there's different aspects of it. I would say I often use a term like an engaged culture, which means by the way we culturally operate, um, which might be the climate, is we do create engagement. Engagement, I always think of, would be still more of um, a condition people have. The climate may make it conducive to it, but it is not the same as it. Hopefully that answered the question. Thank you so much for presenting today. And thanks to our listeners for joining in and for all of your great questions. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you're looking for additional educational opportunities or you would like to learn more about the Shingo model, please visit our website at shingo.org. Please remember to subscribe and to tune in to next time.